Thanks for tuning in to SEC Fan Talk, the show by SEC fans, for SEC fans, and your source for all SEC news, stats, scores, and more. Want to be a guest host? Sign up today at secfantalk.com. And now for your hosts, Brandon Bird, Luke Alsop, and Brad Rush. Fellas, I cannot begin to talk about the excitement from week three of the SEC. That would be week six of college football, but SEC is all that really matters, especially this year. It was upset week, upset week. Uh, I mean, by the time the CBS game rolled around and started, I was like, wow. I mean, we all kind of knew what Georgia was going to do to Tennessee, you know, a little bit. Um, I was like, with the upsets that had already occurred from the noon games, is this entire uh, weekend going to be about upsets? Wow, I mean, and honestly, there was actually – Technically, there was one more upset over the weekend, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, it was just, it was one game after another, just upset after upset. And uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a great week for some SEC fans, others, not so much. Nope, I agree. It was, uh, I mean, it was. There was some upsets, but it also might turn around that we finally, you know, like we thought who they 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 are who we thought they were. You know, maybe they're none of these teams are really as good as they said. Maybe these other teams that you know don't have as much pedigree as the other might be a little better. Um, so I think that might have a role to, or have something to play with it as well that these teams are not as good as we thought they were. As usual, we're going to start out with a little bit of news and about the only thing that really is going on. Uh, is for the week four of SEC, the Vanderbilt and Missouri game that was originally scheduled for 7.30 out of Columbus is now being postponed. The um, date that they have right now is for December the 12th. Vandy barely had enough players last week in their loss to South Carolina and could not field enough players for the Missouri game due to COVID-19. SEC has its first game that is affected by that in its entirety, while we've all suffered some practicing, uh, including the University of Florida kind of shutting down all operations and practices for a portion of the week this week. We're going to have a little bit of a different format today. We're going to first, as always, talk about the top 25 changes within the SEC, and because of the Wednesday release on this episode, we are going to kind of combine our predictions and talk about kind of how the run through the schedule and talk about how each team did last week and what makes them going to stand out or fall back for this week. So a little different, but should go smoothly, guys. Um, stepping in to the ranking changes. Of course, Alabama stays at number two with their 3-0 schedule. Georgia remains at number three with their 3-0 schedule. With Florida dropping out down from four to ten with their loss. Texas A&M climbs up from 21 to 11. Auburn drops down to 15 from 13. Tennessee down from 
uh, from 14 to 18. And as sad as it is to say, that is all that remains inside of the top 25 rankings. Six out of 14 teams is all that remains in the top 25. So jumping into Week 7 College Football, Week 4 SEC, we'll start off with the noon game here, guys. Number 15, Auburn at South Carolina. We know Auburn squeaked one out this past weekend, and South Carolina, of course, we already know that Vandy was not up to... uh, was not up to par and did not handle that game well as they were defeated by great numbers. Guys, what do we think with Auburn and South Carolina? It does, is it time for South Carolina to show a little improvement? Uh, of course, Auburn has not shown a lot of anything to be excited about anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually looking at South Carolina to win this game. Um, I think it's good. You know, it's, it's always this talk year after year about Muschamp and him being on the hot seat. But it's like every year when they start saying that, you know, he comes out and he, he beats a quality opponent that a lot of people might not expect him to win. And, uh, you know, after, after they lost that game against Arkansas, plain and simple, and Arkansas got – hosed like I don't know if I've ever seen before um uh, by that by that call uh in late in the fourth quarter I mean that ball game was over um should have been Arkansas's ball um and you know it should have been Arkansas's victory but yeah I I just like South Carolina in this game until Auburn shows me something I'm not I'm not buying on Auburn uh this year um They've got way too many questions at quarterback, and I've, you know, and uh, it all goes back to Malzahn. I just, I don't have the most faith in the world in that guy. As bad as I hate to, I'm going to have to agree with a Florida fan here. I've, I've got South, I've got, I've got South Carolina too. Um, I think they've improved every week since they've played Tennessee. Um, Quarterback Hill is a good fit in as a, a grad transfer. I mean, he's got over a hundred yards more than Bo Nix with only fifteen more attempts. So that's uh I mean that's that's a big deal, I feel like, considering that everybody's hot to trot on Bo Nix and like I said, I think he's a bum. Bum Nix should be his name. But uh <laughs> um Yeah, I definitely got South Carolina. I actually don't even think it's gonna be that close of a ball game. I think South Carolina's gonna hang some points on him, and I don't think I mean, right now the team averages within three games is South Carolina's averaging 30 points a game. Auburn's averaging 21 points a game. So points allowed, South Carolina is allowing 25 compared to 22 to Auburn. I think it's going to be somewhat of a blowout. I'm saying, shoot, 28-10 South Carolina. Luke, what was that on your score prediction? Oh, um, I'm going to go 24-14. South Cal- South Cacalac. The CAC. <laughs> well, after last week and ending up three and four and y'all ending up five and two on a game that I'm not too certain about, kind of like this one, I'm just gonna follow y'all. I'm gonna go <laughs> South Carolina as well. And uh um, no, you know, we No, but I am gonna go twenty eight twenty one on that. Our next game uh is uh, another noon game. It is going to be 
in Knoxville, Kentucky visiting Tennessee. Now, we're going to spend a little bit more time on this because Tennessee was our CBS game of the week. And then, of course, when we get down to uh, this week's CBS game, we'll get to really talk about those two. Guys, Tennessee started off this game, you know, very nice. I did point out last week that I think that one of the the scores was going to be from defense, and it was right off the bat. Garantano didn't have much to do in in the first half. He had the you know we had the defensive score, and then Tennessee had uh, a long one to to Palmer or two actually. I think did did he score both of those? I believe he did. We don't know what quite happened in the second half as far as Garantano. The only thing that I can say is shame on Pruitt for not yanking him after the second turnover from him. Garantano has shown last year that when he gets frazzled and mixed up, he cannot further conduct himself in a wise manner. And Pruitt should have yanked him. And if he's going to continue to do, you know, the recipe that they worked as crazy as it was last year with three, and if you count Dewan Jennings, Grabbing the Wildcat from the beginning uh, as the starting quarterback. They started four quarterbacks last year. And if Garantano is not able to handle himself mentally again this year, you go back to what worked last year. Uh, you know, it, it fixed him in the long run, and he and he did well the very late part of the season. But I think it took coaches saying, you know what, if, if you're going to be like this and you can't handle it, sit down. You know, you were a top recruit, middle of Times Square, announcing your commitment to Tennessee. Everyone wanted you, five-star, uh, dual threat, which you're not. And now you can't handle the pressure, and you have, what, three, four turnovers, whatever it was. He, he reminded me of, if y'all remember the the Little Giant, the, uh, little giant show, uh, movie, the kid that uh, they had to put the tack on his hands <laughs> to hold the ball. <laughs> that that is uh that's what jg needed he couldn't hold on to it at all and uh shame on him and shame on the coaches that's really all i've all i've got for that as far as um this week uh, i'm gonna go tennessee on that tennessee's won the last two over the 115 years they've won like 85 of them um and it's gonna be in knoxville they they need to come back after that loss and prove that they can do something. So of course I'm going to go Tennessee on that, and I, I think they really step it up and do something. I'm going to go 35-21. Brad, what do you think about Tennessee's performance last week? How well Georgia played the second half and prediction for this week? So I mean I'm not going to hang on too much to the bad loss or not the bad loss, but the terrible second half of last week. But I just I, I got a couple things to say. The TVA that needs to go that went over about as good as the daggum turnover trash can. <laughs> I mean one one game and it was over. Um, I'm I'm I just I just had a great idea. I think they need to start a T-shirt that says Mauer three sixteen instead of Austin three sixteen <laughs> because we got Garantanoed hard last week. <laughs> um, I mean I mean there's not much else to say that. It's almost time to move on from him. Truth be told, unless it's just a prayer answered from God, Tennessee's out of winning the East. So it might be time to start moving on. Um, coming up to this week against Kentucky, but 
it's a toss up between them and Alabama, my two least favorite teams. Um, but as I look at the stats here, Kentucky and Tennessee are pretty close in two games. Total yardage, Kentucky actually leads that with 366 compared to the 343 Tennessee has. The rushing game for Kentucky is going to be a big deal. Um, I'm hoping Tennessee can stop it. Hopefully the offensive line decides to show up this game and, and provide a little protection for whoever we've tried out there. Please, to God, be Maurer. Um, I, think, I think it's going to be close. Um, Kentucky always seems to play us close. I do hate Kentucky because they took over the checkerboard acting like it's theirs. There needs to ha- they need to have like pieces of coal or something in their end zone where they're coal miners or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I think it's going to be close. Tennessee, in my humble opinion, kind of stinks. Kentucky, they kind of stink. They're just mediocre, both teams. I think it's going to be 24-21 Vols. Late field goal to win. There's a chance Kentucky could go in. We might even see overtime. But I got 24-21 balls. You never know. Like you said, it depends on who gets put out on the field and uh, and how they handle it and how they handle it. If, if they're starting to play bad, what adjustments gets made. Luke? Yeah, I mean, it, as bad as Garantano played, um, you know, they they just – they just got outmatched by, by Georgia. Um, and, but, but I don't think that's necessarily reflective of how Tennessee's season is going to go this year. Um, you know, against Kentucky, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, but actually, I'm liking Tennessee to bounce back in this game. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I think that it's going to be a kind of an ugly game. Uh, from both sides, and I like Tennessee. Uh, I'm gonna go 28-17 in that one. Um, I, I just don't think Tennessee is as bad as um as what people think because I mean that that defense at Georgia is legit. I mean they are without a doubt the best defense that I've seen um in college football, not just the SEC. I mean, those guys are loaded on defense. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I, I'd just like Tennessee to bounce back in this game against Kentucky. Our 3.30 game on ESPN2 is the Ole Miss Rebels, fresh off of their close margin loss, and Arkansas, fresh off of their um, illegitimate loss. Would that be a good one to say? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I, illegitimate loss, yeah, or, you know, just getting screwed out of a victory. And, you know, who would have thought, because, you know, they could say whatever they want to. I will for, forever think of this as a victory for Arkansas. And after the way Arkansas was last year, I mean, who would have thought that they would be 2-1 and one at this point? Maybe as eye-catching or kind of being noticed as they are right now this week going up against Ole Miss. Uh, I have to go Ole Miss on this and, and seeing how Ole Miss ran last week, I'm going to have to go Ole Miss 42, 21. Mm. I mean, I'm going to have to go with Ole Miss too, but this, this, this is just, I mean, this just sounds like Lane Kiffin to me. Like, I don't know what Joey Freshwater 
in three games, Alabama or not Alabama, excuse me, Ole Miss has averaged forty one point seven points. They have allowed fifty one point seven points. That's not good. Oh, no no doubt their defense has <laughs> I mean, it's cat and mouse all week. All you know, every every week with them, but we are talking about Arkansas here. That is true, but Ole Miss defense couldn't stop a cold. I mean, I hate that. I mean, I hate that we're all agreeing so much, but it just you know it's just right in our wheelhouse. Arkansas still stinks. They only average nineteen points a game. They've actually not played terrible, I guess you'd say. But I got it big too. I got it thirty-five fourteen to the Rebs. Well, as for me in that game, uh, they looked great against Alabama, and I think there was a good reason why they looked so great against Alabama. And Nick Saban hinted at it uh, at the press conference after the game. I think it's pretty clear that Ole Miss was stealing uh, a lot of the defensive uh, defensive calls for Alabama uh, because I haven't ever seen an Alabama team just get gashed up and down the field like they did against Ole Miss. And – you know, Alabama is, uh, you know, they might be having a little bit of a down year on their defense, but, I mean, there is still nothing but five-star players all all on that defense. You know, it, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I wonder why – you have to ask yourself why all of these SEC teams have been scoring so many points. Does it have to do with the fact that, you know, uh, because they didn't have any – any practice time uh, leading up to the season. And so they just rusty on, you know, tackling um, and defensive schemes. I I don't know, but it's been an obscene amount of points scored here this year. Neither one of them have a good defense, uh, you know, in Ole Miss and Arkansas. Um, So I I think it's going to be a high score game. And I'm picking Ole Miss in this one. 41-27 ball game. So far, we are all in agreements for this coming week's games. The next one is one that I just can't believe I'm even saying. Defending national champions, unranked LSU for the 4 o'clock game at uh, the Swamp in number 10 Florida on ESPN. Uh we said it, we said it over and over and over again. Florida's defense is going to lose them a game. And it happened. And we knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. Offense still looks good. They still put up points. Defense, I'm, I like your analogy there a minute ago, Bradley, couldn't stop a cold. And it finally bit them. And this week... If they don't have that defense put together this week, LSU offensively will beat them. Now, whether LSU can stop defensively is another question, but if they can, I think this is going to be an exciting game. We know that there's going to be a lot of passing yards put up by both teams. It's it's going to it's going to look like a Pac-12 game. It's going to just be all high-powered offense and very little defense and it all comes it'll come down to uh, who has uh, less turnovers and less three and outs. I'm going to have to go Florida. Uh, I think Mullins gets it fixed. It's going to be at home, uh, even though Florida was uh, 
kind of sneak peek to say that they were going to have a full stadium. We did learn uh, from Mr. Luke had told me before the before the episode in pre episode notes that um, the president of Florida had ixnayed that out on having a full stadium. Regardless, they're in the swamp. The swamp's going to be loud, even at whatever capacity he allows it at. I think Florida comes by, but I think it's going to be close. Uh, you know, maybe forty to thirty five. Hey, that's that, that's very possible. Um... I was I've been thinking about this since the game ended on Saturday. I've been a diehard Florida Gator fan my whole life. I've religiously Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I have religiously watched them through all the good times and all the bad times. And I don't think that I have ever seen a defense fielded by the Gators that is worse than what they have right now. I think you have to go all the way back to either Steve Spurrier's very first year there or the year before he got there um, as the as the worst defense Florida's had in the modern era. I mean, it is just completely unacceptable. They, it, to me, it's the worst defense in, in the last 40 years, probably. They got to get it fixed. LSU, good Lord. They're they're bad. They are bad, and I don't know why. They've got a solid defensive line. Um, you know, they've got the best cornerback in the country, undoubtedly. And they've got a linebacker who has been all-conference at least two or three, at, at least two of the past going on four years now. So I don't know what their problem is. It's probably Bo Pelini. Um, honestly, I don't know why they hired him in the first place, but Ed Orgeron is going to be using Bo Pelini as a scapegoat uh, pretty, pretty soon this season. And I don't, I think, I think Pelini will get fired before the season's over with. But anyway, having said that, this is going to be a high-scoring game because apparently neither one of them even wants to play defense. So I'm looking at a 45-41 game if Florida pulls it out. Brad, I know you got some stats there showing maybe – points are scored and points allowed but and the difference between these two teams I sure do so with the, with with the games up to date points allowed LSU is allowed 32 points on average Florida 33.3 so this is the game of we got two offenses that tried out there that are the truth and then we got two defenses that come out there that are a bunch of scrubs so <laughs> I, I mean you don't know what you're going to get. LSU, this their offense, I mean, at the end of the day is good. Florida's offense is good. They they just can't stop anybody. And so it's going to be – it's either going to come down to a couple turnovers that's going to change it because they ain't going to stop each other. They're going to score that's every possession. That's what I think. I, I, think it's, I think it's turnovers. I mean, between Trask and, and Brennan, I mean, they're it's going to have to come down to turnovers. I mean, up to the up to this point, Trask is doing better. He's only got one, one interception – to Brennan's three, um, but Brennan has almost 30 more attempts. So 
still yet. I mean, I, I think it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be high. I got LSU winning 42-41. Hey, that might be right. I mean, you know, Florida, they got a national championship caliber offense. And um, um, D3. Uh, yeah, D3. I don't even know if they'd be a D3. I don't I don't even know if I Emory can Henry that College, much credit. what's up? <laughs> Emory and Henry, go Wasp. <laughs> Our next 4 o'clock game on SEC Network is number 11, Texas A&M at unranked Mississippi State. <laughs> I, don't even know where to, I don't even know where to start here. I mean, Texas A&M grew a little bit of legs, so to speak, after last week. Going into Mississippi State, guys, what do you think? You want to talk about the biggest uh, tease of all time, and that's Mississippi State's offense. One game they looked like they were really good, but now I personally think they are really bad. Um, I don't think this is even going to be a contest. A&M's defense is not great, but neither is Mississippi State's. And A&M's offense showed something for once last game. But you can also take that back because that was against Florida's defense. <laughs> so, you, I mean, you really don't know. Um, I mean, Mond is definitely – he has – he's shown more – than what Castello, he was a well, he's a grad transfer from somewhere. He hasn't shown much. The boys got nine interceptions in three ball games. That's uh, last time Ooh. I checked. Let me let, let me check. Let me check. Uh, yeah, it checks out. It stinks. That's bad. Um, <laughs> in case you don't I, I, know, <laughs> nine interceptions in three games stinks. Not good. Not, not good. So. Um, just and and I don't know if if I if I need to report this or not, but I'll also report that the Mississippi State Bulldogs only scored two points against Kentucky. So uh, yeah, um, I call I'm giving it a blowout unless Mississippi State just pulls something out of their hind end. I got Texas A&M thirty five, Mississippi State seven. Yeah, that seems like a pretty uh, reasonable reasonable guess there. Yeah, I mean Texas A&M. They they showed last Saturday against Florida the team that everybody expected them to be all season long. And, uh, you know, everything just clicked with, with A&M. You know, Mond looked awesome. His receivers caught everything. If they can keep that momentum going, which I don't see why they shouldn't be able to against Mississippi State, I don't even know what to make of them. I mean, they threw six interceptions against Kentucky. Six. I can't even remember last time a team threw six interceptions in one game. Probably Brett Favre. Probably Brett Favre. That, yeah. Yeah, that's very possible. <laughs> very possible. Uh, but he probably threw 10 TDs in that game, too. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the deal is at Mississippi State. Uh, I mean, who would have thought with Mike Leach coming in that um, you know Mississippi State's defense is actually the the talk of the town? Because um, that that offense, I don't know what the problem is. Um, you know, they look great first game of the season, but that was against LSU. I don't know. I, I I'm picking Texas A and M to win pretty pretty big in this game. I, I think Mississippi State will look better than they did last year. I mean last week. But I'm I'm taking A and M all the way in this and in a 
I'm going to say a 30, 34, 34, 14 game. I chose A&M as well at a 28, 14. Y'all already hit all the stats on that thing. We don't know who's going to show up on each one of these teams. So it, it, it may be fun to watch. It may not be. One game that would have not been fun to watch is the game that's going to move, the Vanderbilt-Missouri. Not too much to talk about it here because we know it's going to move to December 12th. We'll talk about it then. But, guys, you know Missouri would have come in there just on a high after last week and probably beat the brakes off of Vanderbilt. Yeah, they they may have. Um, you know, Missouri, they're, they're starting to show a little something. Even though the score didn't really reflect it, they actually played Alabama a little bit closer than I thought they would have. But yeah, Vandy, Vandy just has, has nothing. It being postponed definitely hurts Missouri more than it does Vanderbilt, that's for sure. Yes. Yep, kind of kills the heater streak they're on. I have seen uh, – I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't have a lot to talk about here, but I, I mean, I have seen some uh, tryout posters down there at Winners and Losers in Midtown for the, for the <laughs> <laughs> Open tryout. Players wanted. Only thing needed are cleats and can breathe. <laughs> don't worry, we'll give you the GPA needed. <laughs> <laughs> so on to our CBS Game of the Week this one is going to be a blast to watch. Number three, Georgia at number two, Alabama. I want to paint a little picture for you, if I may. Nick Saban creating a little toy, um, had little feathers on it, and he's sitting there like at a fly tie machine or, or stand, whatever, and making a little toy with the elephant and some feathers. Kind of looks like a little cat toy. Uh, in the locker room and he's just running around and he's got his little his little cat chasing it which he has named it Lane Kiffin or Joey Freshwater (laughs) and just says come on just chase me just chase me just chase me because that's what last week was just chase me and then uh closing into the end of the fourth quarter he's like all right guys let's we're done just put two up on them and let's get out of here they didn't look fantastic now we know that they had that Ole Miss had the signal calling, but there's a difference between, you know, it's wrong. A lot of people do it. You know what they're going to do, but you still got to stop it. And, oh, yeah. you know, you, you still got to have players out there to do it. And and both teams kind of, I'm not going to say scored at will, but, you know, Alabama, Najee Harris had a fantastic night, not to mention they took over the record in which Tennessee held for most yards in a game. I'm sure Brad has that stat for us. But they took that over. Najee Harris, over 200 yards on the ground. I mean, it was a big, big offensive night for them. That is not going to be the case this week as Alabama has to host that number one defense of Georgia. I'm not really sure where to put this in at. I, I still think that Alabama pulls one out on here, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere like it was last week i'm gonna say 28 24 alabama yeah you might you might be uh you might be onto something i i kind of would i kind of agree with you brandon um i mean this is this is going to be a big time i mean i i'm i am so excited to see this game i think it is gonna be it might 
you know, a lot of times we get let down by these big time matchups like this, but I don't think this one's going to let us down. I think this might be the game of the year, not just the game of the weekend. I think it's, it's going to be hard fought for both of these teams. And um, even though Alabama was probably stealing those signals like you were saying you still have to execute and Ole Miss was able to execute and the only reason that I think that they actually were stealing the signs in a side note I do think it's hilarious that Alabama is complaining that somebody is stealing the opposing team signs because they're probably the worst offenders of it uh from what I hear from um <laughs> through the grapevine um but, yeah, and I think that's the reason Alabama was able to pull that game out in the end. I think Saban caught on at the very end of of what George, of uh, what Ole Miss was doing, and I think they uh, switched up uh, their uh, defensive schemes because uh, those, those last two offensive possessions for Ole Miss just – ended in disaster but yeah you got to give a lot of credit to mac jones and that that offense for you know matching Ole miss point for point and then you know just being able to pull it out in the end i think alabama probably has the best offense in the conference and georgia undoubtedly has the best defense i can actually see uh georgia leading alabama uh going into the fourth quarter but alabama does what Alabama does, and Nick Saban does what Nick Saban does, and that's beat all of his protégés. I'm taking Alabama in this game. I'm going to go 34-31, Alabama. Well, I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to pick, but by what you all just – both of you just said, that the Alabama's offense is the best and the Georgia's defense is the best, and everybody knows what the biggest cliche in all of football is, is defense wins championships. So, um, I mean, that's kind of showing the way I'm leaning. But, I mean, this is just a crazy stat. Mac Jones, to this point, has had 83 attempts. He has thrown for 1,101 yards in three football games. Good Lord. Uh, uh, And Stetson Bennett, 84 attempts, 689, which is not too shabby. I think that this this is like Georgia's on a murder tour. They're just going to... Where are you down with, I mean, just where are you down? Where are you down? Let the defense handle the ball. Wear down your defense and finally bust it open at the end of the game. Kind of like the Tennessee, but that's it's going to be nowhere close to that. But somewhat similar. Um, I mean, Alabama's averaging 51 points a game right now, and Georgia's averaging 36. Alabama's allowing 30 points a game. Georgia's allowing 12. We do some math there. It's pretty close. I've got the dogs as bad as, I mean, yeah, I've got the dogs. I think the final for the game is going to be 28-21. The defense for Georgia just shows up. They're just, I mean, in a hockey team, they're just too good. They're just too good. I mean, that's all I can say. The defense is going to stand up Alabama. It's going to be, I mean, you want to call it upset. I don't know if you can. Um, I firmly believe this is a preview to the SEC championship, hands down. I agree. Uh, I agree, yeah. But I got the dogs winning. I was going to say this is not the 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 only time that Georgia and Alabama are probably going to play this year. Yeah, but, no, yeah, most, yeah. most definitely not. I got the dogs twenty eight, tied twenty one. Picking up the upset 
Brad Rush. Uh, guys, how many, if you were to take a guess on how many people are going to be tuned in to this 8 Eastern CBS game, how many millions? Oh, it's going to be a, it's, it's, there are going to be a lot of people watching that game. That is for sure. So if you're a, conference that is either not started yet or you're a conference where your team doesn't matter like let's say you're an Oklahoma fan and you have fallen off the wayside yeah you're all tuned into this game this one's a big one this one's a big one it's going to be a blast tell you guys how bad LSU's defense really is I heard that they have played three games and uh, I think they've given up somewhere around like 94 points or something like that. And uh, 91 of those came in two games. That's a pretty good stuff. So LSU is picking their <laughs> defensive strategies off Tecmo Bowl <laughs> yeah. while everyone else is Madden. They're playing NFL Blitz out there. There's blood everywhere. Guys, I actually enjoyed tonight's format. Uh, I thought it went well. Uh, being able to talk a little recap, a little prediction, mix it all up into one that, you know, we'll see what the fans say as uh, we've had a couple comments on some of the past week's length of episodes. Never a dull moment here, guys. I want to appreciate your time again. Listeners, we thank you for tuning in. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at SEC Fan Talk. Sign up to be a guest host if you're interested on sitting here chatting with us. It's a fun time. Of course, we do that all remotely, so you don't actually have to be sitting here during this (coughs) COVID (laughs) pandemic. (laughs) Sign up on secfantalk.com. We thank you very much and looking forward to a fantastic weekend in the SEC. It just means more. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.